just get into it? Wow, why would you ever do that? I'm trying to get the energy level up here. Well, my heart just stopped, so it's going to be a minute. This is episode, uh, you're listening to episode 15. 14B. 14B, kind of. Yeah. We technically, uh, so this is, I mean, I deleted all the episodes that were just, like us watching wrestling. Good. So. I've deleted them from my brain. Right. So this is like kind of episode eight. Okay. We're calling it episode 15. <laughs> so those first seven episodes. Can we, are there any other numbers that we can. I could do like 12. Out there? All right. Yeah. We've already had a 12. I like 12. 12 too. 12 cool. too. I like 12 too. Yep. I Man. can start numbering by the hundreds. He's not, let's just talk in numbers. And it looks like we're really, really, uh, we've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> really? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's start adding them all up. Like rough sets, freaking oh, yeah. <laughs> what's going on. Everything's bad. I saw a, uh, a picture showed up today and like memories thing on something, one of my apps. Yeah. And it was, uh, episode four of rough sets and we, it was the Royal Fumble. And apparently we like covered the the rumble, but like I think I, rem- <laughs> I think picture, I remember the that all thirty people with one of our heads on them. I I kind of remember yeah. all that a little bit. I don't really remember the episode at all, but I like I don't either. I remember <laughs> sitting and cutting and pasting them. Yeah, we art. had some really good art on those. Yeah. We had the one with the train tracks, and it was like the little like the guys on the handcart. Yeah. yeah. Fun yeah. times. I gave up on that. Look at us quick. now. Yeah. That was a lot of, that, was a, that wasn't a lot of work, but it was more than I wanted to do. Hey, speaking of social media, I have big news. You have big news? I've gained top fan badge on our Facebook page. <laughs> hey, just, yep. Yeah. Are those top fan badges real? <laughs> I don't know. I'll get some sometime. I never, like, click on it. Like, I don't want, I don't know if it shows up to other people, but I think you could, like, you have to approve it or whatever. Oh, yeah? But I don't know. I don't. You need to start printing them out, <laughs> keeping them so you can show official documentation. I don't need no stinking badges. Hey, I want to bitch about something real quick. All right, real quick. That I find stupid. Uh, have you seen the the commercials for Liberty Mutual's Limu Emu thing with Doug? It's like a detective. I don't know a, if I have or not. With an emu. Yeah. So here's my gripe. As we learned in the Great Emu War, the way you pronounce emu. Is emu emu with a u? Yeah, not an u. Not, not emu. emu. Yeah, their name is Liberty Mutual. They have the mu in there. <laughs> Why is it Limu emu when emu. they could do Limu emu? I don't know. <sighs> do you feel better getting it off your chest? Yes. I I thought I felt like something was bothering you yesterday. <laughs> all like day I, yesterday. all day, I just I there wasn't a good time to ask you. You're really busy, but I can just tell there was something. I'm glad you got the. That was what it was because I actually. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I actually saw a commercial before I left the house yesterday, huh. and I remember thinking I've I've been thinking it's been all my it's been burning inside me for a little while now. You finally got it out. Finally got it out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yesterday we had the uh, pressing inception. Blitzkrieg Bash. Blitzkrieg with a G at the G. end. You learned yesterday. <laughs> I thought it was like a body of water. Yeah, I thought it was like Blitzkrieg. Blitz <laughs> so I, you learned something yesterday. And I think I may have called it the Blitz in my voice. This is why my voice is sounding like this yeah, too you, sometimes. Uh, you were the ring announcer. Yeah, I get into it. Especially like 
Second half of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like once you like shook out, like got into it. Got into it. I love it. Like when I announce a winner, like the crowd will cheer or boo or something. Yeah. It's just, I mean, not because I announce it, but I mean, it's just, <laughs> like, wait, you know what I mean though? It's just like, you know, they're waiting on that part, right. that specific little tiny part of the rest of the show. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a great show. Was Another really packed house. Next one, March 28th. Yep. March 28th, uh, March Radness. We'll be back at Strong Tower Fitness. Uh, tickets will just be on sale at the door. Yeah. Doors open at 7 p.m. Get there early because that place, man. Three shows in a row now. Like, I'm running chairs out to people and stuff. and We used, I mean, we probably had like 10 chairs in the back that like the guys in the back yeah. were using. But other than that, we used every single chair that we had available to us. Which is awesome. Yeah. So... It's, Put some uh, butts in the seats. I think third show in a row, fourth show, third show, I think. Pretty much since I've been Sold ring out. announcing. Pretty much since you started ring announcing. Yeah, so this is my third you. show ring announcing, so you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. All right, man, so do you want to uh, get into this part yeah, of the story? Yeah, Elliot Ness and Cleveland, and there's dicks and heads and drained blood. Bodies and, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we had a... And I'm just talking about last week. What's the story this again? This was the show yesterday, right? Oh, yeah, Okay. <laughs> Elliot Ness was there. Uh, yeah, so last week we left you on a bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, this is part two of the Cleveland Torso Murders. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out part one, which is episode 14. You want me to right now? Yeah, if you want to go, I'll wait. Okay. All right, so right for the back. next like, hour and 20 minutes, this is going to be quiet. I'll I'll fast forward through like the first 15 minutes where we don't do okay. this. Okay. No, I'll do that I'll later. catch up, actually. So uh, when we last left off, four bodies have been found all decapitated. Uh, with the lone female victim's head never being recovered. Cleveland was hosting the Republican National Convention, yep. and newly appointed Mayor Burton had gone out of his way to rid the city of crime and change Cleveland's image. No more hobos. No more hobos. you got to get rid of those hobos. Or at least put them on that side of town where hobos go. Or shove them into, yeah, the uh, abandoned shantytown. <laughs> Elliot Ness had been placed in charge of the police and fire departments and had mostly accomplished what had been asked of him. Uh, police corruption and mob crime were down, but a mad butcher was leaving body parts all over Kingsbury Run, which was an area of Cleveland that didn't fit the mayor's ideal image of the city. On the Friday morning before the Republican National Convention, uh, the railroad police and Kingsbury Run found the naked, headless corpse of a man who didn't appear to be a hobo, uh, the common, which was the common resident of Kingsbury Run, but rather a young sailor, which they came to that conclusion due to those tattoos. Tattoos, yep. Yep, and uh, the body and head were placed in front of the railroad police station, clearly mocking the law. Oh, clearly. So that's where we left you off. Uh, anyone, uh, no one really wanted to admit it, but a murderer was loose in Cleveland, and uh, four bodies were only the beginning of the story. And as much as no one wanted to admit it, for some reason back then, it was the work of one killer. They still, they tried to, uh, they didn't want to say that. Like, they, yeah. for some reason, they thought. Maybe different people are killing. But, like, they thought the public would react worse to uh, it's one person yeah. instead of, like, having to think <laughs> that there's a whole group of people out there doing this. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they thought one would be more well received. Like yeah, you only have, if you see a group of people, they're okay. I don't. Now it's like if you step, if you tell me there's a whole group, yeah, or if you tell me that you think it's more than one person out there doing all this, I get more worried. You're more paranoid because now there's more people I have to worry yep. about. If you tell me there was one person, I'll look for the one guy that I think 
That shifty it's looking crumbled. fella. Yeah, that shifty looking motherfucker. Yeah. Like, oh wait, that's my reflection. Yeah, tall guy, back to back. Middle aged and mediocre shirt. Pow! Which, by the way, middle aged and mediocre shirts are available. Yeah, uh, they are handmade. They are well, the shirt's not handmade, but the <laughs> the logo is handmade by Joel, and they're fucking cool. So uh, I gave one to Travis. I puked, on, I puked on one last night. Good job. And this is the third so one now, that I made. How would you review the absorption <laughs> of the shirt? Well, I, I just looked out this morning. There's a little spot on it. So, I mean, hey, guys, uh, the middle-aged mediocre shirts, you can vomit on them. <laughs> yep. The stains aren't bad. Nope. So It repels it, actually. If you've been looking for a good puke shirt, <laughs> we got you covered. All you got to do is uh, hit us up on Facebook and let us know uh, what size you want. Yeah. And we'll get it to you. It might take us a little while, but and then I'm gonna set up. I've been looking into it. I it's harder than I originally thought it was, but I've been looking into setting up some sort of uh, little place where you guys can go and maybe like if you want to pitch in a couple bucks. Yeah. For the shirt, you know, if you want to get one, pitch us a couple dollars. They take dozens of minutes to make. They do each one. You can also go to our uh, Anchor FM page, which is Anchor FM backslash Middle Aged Mediocre. And there's a uh, button on there somewhere where you can donate to the podcast. Oh. So if you guys, you know, every, I put, uh, anything I get from this podcast, like we put into like the shirt. Yep. Or into the mics. Heroin. Oh. Or heroin. <laughs> or mics. Yeah, the thing you guys don't know is this This podcast is really fueled by heroin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyways, now with the rest of the story. Uh, by Sunday... Stories of the butchered bodies filled the newspapers. With Mayor Burton's reputation and hard work on the line, Elliot Ness quickly sprung into action and met with Sergeant James Hogan, head of the Homicide Division, and David Cowles, the head of the crime lab. Hogan didn't have much in the way of a theory and wasn't quick to state the strong that strong of an opinion, choosing to wait to see what Ness thought instead. Which Hogan, by the way, is like a 50, 60-year-old man yeah. who's been doing this for a while. He's Ness, getting a little too old for this shit. Well, Ness is a young guy at this yeah. point. And like, but he's got a good reputation. Or he's got a reputation as he gets shit done. Yeah. So Hogan is sitting here just, you know. He doesn't want to put him over. Hogan doesn't want to put the young well, guy Hogan over. Hogan wants to put him over. He oh. doesn't want to have to He doesn't do want to have to yeah, do any He doesn't want to have to take any of the, yeah. Like, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> I'm more interested well, in what this, you think. This young fella. Uh, Ness uh, guaranteed Hogan that it was the work of one man. Ness made it clear that there was to be no suggestion to the newspapers that they were looking for one murderer, though, instead allowing the public to imagine a whole pack of raving lunatics, <laughs> and that absolutely no further information was to be given while the convention was in town. No one wanted everyone to be too afraid to step outside, especially especially the visiting politicians. Yeah. That's where your prostitutes is outside. That's where your prostitutes are the making their money. For politicians, yeah. Yeah, that's where your bars are getting all their... Yep. Liquor uh, money. I guess by that time it was that had been bootlegs. Oh, prohibition! Been prohibition. This is why there was a killer. On yeah, the I was going to say you got to let the people drink. Got to. Um, with that, Ness told the two men to fully cooperate, and that he expected this murder to be caught ASAP. Ness still felt that police corruption was a more important issue for him at the time, and felt comfortable holding Hogan and Cal's responsible for results. Uh, the latest victim, the tattooed man, was put on display Jeez. at the morgue in hope that someone could identify him. 
tooth Did they pose him or something? Or I don't understand. I guess they just like put him in a chair, laid his body out like yeah. a, you know, probably just on the, uh, yeah, the table. Table, the slab, like a coffin. Yeah, the slab. slab. Two thousand people looked at him on the first night. What if people? I mean, but he didn't have a dick or a head. Oh, they did. Uh, they found it though. They were they there. Found his yeah, head. okay. And I don't think uh, only the two victims. Only the first two victims yeah. they found had their dicks cut off. Yeah, okay. So I don't know, like... I'm just I'm just obsessed with the dicks, Yeah, you just really want to know where the... Uh... <laughs> now, well, we got to, you know... So, what happened to the pee holes? <laughs> there, we brought it up. I just need to bring it up real quick. Uh, thousands after that also came by to view him. Uh, using, pl- using a plaster cast, a death mask was created and put on display along with photographs of his face and tattoos at the Great Lakes Great Lakes Expo for roughly 7 million visitors over wow. a two-year period. In spite of the efforts, the tattooed man remained nameless. The RNC, Republican National Convention, came and went without issue, concluding with Alfred Landon, the governor of Kansas, being chosen to run against Roosevelt. And I think we all remember the terrific legacy that President Landon had left behind. Sure. Yeah. He's, he's on the $12 bill. Right, the $12 bill. Yep. Yeah. President Landon. That's the one. Old Alfie. Uh, the Great Lakes Expo. Willie. Drew the attention of most of Cleveland, giving people something to free their minds of thoughts regarding dead bodies and brutal murders. Like, let's not think about that. Let's think about the politicians now. Yeah, let's think about those dudes. <laughs> Is there a third option? The Browns. The Browns. They were, were they good then? <laughs> Is that when they were like winning? Thirty. Oh, they might not have been around. That was a thing yet? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? There's uh, no way to know. No, that's that's too long ago. Records weren't kept back then. No. Uh, before anyone could begin to get too comfortable, however, a call came in on July twenty second, nineteen thirty six, just a little over a month since the last body was discovered stating that a body had been found in the southwest side of the city way across town from Kingsbury Run. Uh, The body was on its stomach, nude, and very badly decomposed. The head was found about 15 feet away, wrapped partly in clothing. The head was a little more than a skull at this point. A pile of cheap, blood-stained clothes were found nearby, and a large pool of dried blood had pulled under the man's body, indicating that he had been murdered on this spot. And probably a while ago, if it was it's badly, just, just, you know, even though it's been a month since they found, since the last discovery. Right. You know, it's the person awfully yeah, killed I mean, a little this, bit ago. The head is just a skull at this point. Yeah. Uh, the body was in an advanced state of decon- decomposition, with large areas of skin and flesh completely gone. Rodents, maggots, and time had removed several internal organs. Like all the other murders, the decapitation had been cl- done cleanly. Unlike the other murders, though, the murderer was far away from Kingsbury Run and had killed the victim where the body was found instead of transporting it post-mortem. The victim was a small man, about 40 years old, with long hair. His hair, along with his clothing, and him being found near a hobo camp, suggested he was another out-of-work wayfarer who rode in and out of the city using the nearby railroads. Uh, His body had been laying on the ground between two and three months, indicating that he had died before the tattooed man. Oh. So, yeah, it's probably... The little man and the tattooed man. I mean, they said this was, what, July? So it'd be summer. I mean, yeah, it'd probably been out there for a couple months. Yeah. Hot as shit. Ugh. Can't be good for a body. No. I know, my body hates the sun, so... It gonna smell. Uh, with the deaths being reserved 
Thus far, for losers and petty criminals, public attention fell short. As Elliot Ness and his men had just conducted ten high-profile gambling raids in quick succession. Uh, the newspapers were wrapped up in the removal of the mob. Some members of the newspaper staffs that had aspirations of being fictional uh, writers did get the story about the murders printed in all three of the city's newspapers. One writer poetically pondered, Is there somewhere in the county a madman whose strange god is the guillotine? Or has some fantastic chemistry of the civilized mind converted him into a human butcher? Does he imagine himself a legal executioner of the French Re- French Revolution or a religious zealot saving the human race with an axe? Newspaper writers were... A lot better. <laughs> a lot better back in the day. What? Wait, what's a newspaper? Right. <laughs> uh, in mid-September of 1936, the American Legion Convention was just a few days away. With the event proudly... Uh, or the, with the event providing a nice finale to the summer after the RNC and the Great Lakes Expo, Cleveland was looking like it was on the verge of becoming a great convention town. But headlines in the afternoon papers snapped everyone back to the reality where a nasty, grisly serial killer was on the loose. On September 10th, in Kingsbury Run, a hobo saw the halves of a human torso, Ugh. two halves of the human torso, floating in the nearby creek. While dragging the water for the remains and searching along the edge of the creek, portions of flesh were found on a concrete ledge where the torso had struck it after being thrown over a railing down into the water. Uh, two legs from below the knee and the right thigh were found. Hundreds of uh, morbidly curious Clevelanders crowded around to watch the police. What's that? Is that that's my people. That's your people. <laughs> Clevelanders. Yeah, they morbidly. Have, they didn't have the Browns to watch. They just watched dead bodies. Oh, yeah. uh, they crowded around to watch the police search for more missing pieces of the body. Oh. And Ness knew the hysteria was growing too large to keep the murders a low-profile case anymore. Uh, it was with the discovery of this sixth body that the papers named the killer the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. The coroner determined that the latest victim had been killed a day or two before the body was discovered. And the decapitation was once again the cause of death. So now, uh, the whole, it could be multiple people, that's out the window. Yeah. Everybody's. Now it's, front, now. now it's on the front page, and it's really. Yeah, they've given it a nickname. They've yeah. given the guy a nickname. So, as soon as you're a killer and you get a nickname, yep. you've done it. Good job. <laughs> uh, They're after you. After Sergeant Hogan had told a reporter that he thought the murderer lived somewhere in or around Kingsbury Run. The people living in the area became too afraid to go outside. Well, yeah. The entire thing was getting way out of hand, so Elliot Ness stepped away from investigating police corruption to oversee the Kingsbury murders uh, investigation personally. Ness ordered that every hobo in the area be brought in for questioning, warned about the killer, and then urged to find somewhere else to live. Twenty. They're hobos. They're hobos. Yeah, like what? <laughs> go to Columbus. Have you thought about buying a house? <laughs> I mean, have you thought? Have you thought about not being poor? Just have you tried? Not have being you tried poor? it? It's better. <laughs> just do that. Yeah. Just don't don't be yourself. Uh, twenty <laughs> detectives were assigned to the case until it was solved. Ness wanted every tip, no matter how trivial it appeared, to be followed up, and with everyone in the area seemingly having information. The detectives had more than they could handle pretty quickly. Uh, an overwhelming amount of calls came pouring in. 
All the strange behaviors of neighbors, relatives, and co-workers were reported. If you kept unusual hours, uh, carried a large package out of your house, or kept a knife on your person, you were a suspect. I carry a large package out of my house every day. Oh. You, oh. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? I, my, my dick. Oh, oh. No. My pee hole. Well, just your pee hole? <laughs> yeah. Uh, butchers, physicians, male nurses, morticians... And hunters were all viewed as potential killers. Yeah, with all the clean cuts and whatnot. And the whatnots. Yeah. Uh, one tip that led nowhere came from an anonymous woman who stated that a woman named Helen O'Leary, which if you're anonymous, and then you're like... So she's she tells her that this Helen O'Leary apparently tells this anonymous woman that she knew the man who killed Flo Palillo. Remember Flo from the first part? Yeah. She was an Irish lady. Mm-hmm. But so if you're this anonymous lady, and then you're like, Helen O'Leary told me, <laughs> you just kind of outed yourself, right? Because yeah. now when they talk to Helen, now Helen's like, like, that fucking bitch, yeah. Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I only told one person that. Because yeah. I thought I could trust you. Bitch. Mom. Oh. Uh, his name was Jack Wilson, a former butcher who was known to always carry a large butcher knife. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean... <laughs> there goes Jack and his large butcher knife! Like, uh. yeah. Uh, he was also... So he was a former butcher, and he just kept his large butcher knife. He though. just, yeah. Nothing creepy about that, dude. <laughs> he uh, retired, but he still wanted to, you know, for the love of the game. Just for the love of the yeah, game. Yeah, you never yeah. know when you might need to butcher. <laughs> uh, Jack was also a uh, known sodomist who had committed sodomy on a number of people. Okay. So this lady, they questioned... With the butcher knife? Right. They questioned Ugh. Jack, and uh, they, I mean, they just couldn't really get anything. They didn't even think he was really a suspect. Yeah. Uh, detectives dressed as hobos... So detectives dressed as hobos and hid in bushes in Kingsbury Run. Others hung around gay bars and steam baths looking for homosexual men with sadistic tendencies. Uh, the head of the uh, the Federal Narcotic Bureau in Cleveland told detectives that the killer was most likely a marijuana addict. Oh, quote, druggy. Quote, there's a plentiful supply of this deadly weed growing wild around the railroad tracks in Kingsbury Run. Bum, bum, bum. Both the desire for a thrill and a homicidal obsession are easily <laughs> induced by the loco weed cigarettes. <laughs> yep. Which, did pot used to just grow? I, so pot just used to grow in Cleveland? And you can just take it down and smoke it? And you can it? just go get it? And just smoke it? What happened to the world, man? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just know when I get high, it's like either do I want to eat a lot or go kill people. Or like just go chop up bodies. <laughs> yeah, I usually just uh, eat a lot. I'm definitely going to eat the Fritos instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> it makes me think of that, uh, oh, what's the weed movie? Uh, like the old school, yeah, like, yeah Mar- oh, Fuck, I can't. But yeah, it's super, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where they just they play it off like that, where they smoke where, a joint. And, yeah, yeah. Like, doesn't it like reefer madness? Reefer madness. Yeah, yeah. But like this was in the 1930s, weren't there? I think cocaine was still like used pretty normally as like a, a medical thing. Yeah. So yeah, but the loco weed cigarettes. <laughs> uh, what a fucking weird. And we're still, in 2020... Yeah, oh, I know. We are still... <laughs> there are still people that are like, you can't make it legal. Yep. Work. Some what people are still getting arrested what for are we weed. Doing? Yeah. As late as 2018. <laughs> yeah. Man. 
Now I do want to kill somebody. No, so go ahead. fucking stupid. Yep. Better smoke. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, okay, so Net, uh, Elliot Ness brought together a think tank that included Coroner Pierce, uh, Dr. Rupert Strauss, which was the pathologist who had performed many of the autopsies so far, uh, counter, County Prosecutor Colleton, Police Chief Matowitz, Lieutenant Cowles, Sergeant Hogan, Inspector Joseph Sweeney, and several medical consultants. Dream team. And together they created a profile of the killer. He white. The killer, while psychopathic, was not insane. Uh, while the killer had some knowledge of anatomy, he wasn't necessarily a physician, as a butcher or a hunter would have known just as well where to cut. Uh, the murderer was... It's, it's in the neck area. Yeah. <laughs> they cut off the head. You guys, someone's like, I keep chopping at the arm, and this head doesn't come off. So, oh, I wish I was a doctor. I guess there's actually like uh, a point in your spine. Yeah. Like in the neck. I guess there's like a little space between two of the vertebrae or whatever uh-huh. where it's like better to cut. Oh, so you start there and then you can That's cut why they were, like they, You could cut through that easier. Okay. I guess is the reason why they would say. Which no, I don't but, know why a hunt, like, so <laughs> is our anatomy the same as, if our, like, if our uh, spine and everything's the same as, like, a deer's, would mm-hmm. be the only way the hunter would still. Oh, well, it is. I mean, unless. We're basically, we evolved from deer. Oh. Oh, well, that makes sense then. <laughs> We're all God's little animals. Okay, well, now I'm not. That's just. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, the murderer was large and strong, a resident of Kingsbury Run, who had a private place where he killed most of the victims. Uh, and due to the placement of the bodies, the killer appeared to be intentionally trying to humiliate the police. After six bodies have been found, Ness assigned a well-known and very homophobic detective named Peter Marylow to the case. With a name like that. <laughs> Uh, Marilo was what an reportedly asshole. like that's what that's how he's known as being homophobic. Yeah, he was very fuck him. Sorry, uh, he was reportedly very intelligent and fluent in several languages, but had a personal had made a personal crusade out of putting gay men in jail. Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's alleged that he once filled an entire wing of a jail, so a jail, a whole jail, uh, with gay men, and then had the best sleepover of his life. <laughs> That was my editorial. I was going to say, that sounds like a party! <laughs> yeah, like, if you're a closeted gay man, yeah. and you're, like, too shy to go out and meet other gay men, <laughs> like, I'm just going to trap them in a room, and then they yeah. got to bang me, I That's think. like when your parents catch you smoking a cigarette, they're like, now you got to smoke them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to suck them all. I'm like, okay. Uh, Mario <laughs> would hang around gay bars and follow men home if they left together. <laughs> Once they would arrive at their destination, Fuck that guy, dude. Marilo would wait long enough to give them time to start hooking up, <laughs> and then he would force his way inside and arrest them. Blue ball them. So you can't do that, first of all. No, like that's not most of the uh, most of the arrests he made. A ju- judges like immediate throw <laughs> because, like, well, I mean, back then, like, I think it was there still were laws yeah. in certain states about like you couldn't you couldn't be homosexual. Yeah. But you still can't just like bust into the house and arrest. Like you can't do that. Need a warrant or something. Still, if it's a crime, it's still a crime. You have to follow the same procedure. Now they're gay. Gay regulation. But he really hated it, Josh. He really didn't like it. He really, really hated it. But also, I love that he waited till he could like. He's like, I'm gonna wait till I can see someone. I'll make sure. I'll be able to watch for a little bit. Uh, Once Marilo was assigned to the Kingsbury Run case. 
He and his partner quickly had a new body to investigate. On February 23, 1937, the headless upper portion of a female body washed up on a beach on 156th Street. Uh, her arms had been amputated and her torso cut in half. Ugh. Over two months later, the lower portion of the body washed up near the mouth of the Cuyahoga River. Uh, unlike most of the victims, the cause of death did not appear to be decapitation, as blood clots in the heart indicated that decapitation was post-mortem. Uh, the arms, legs, and hand, or the arms, leg, and head were never found, and the body was never identified. Jesus. A new coroner had been elected, and the man came with a well-regarded reputation, uh, but a, also a love of media attention. Ness, however, requested that the newspapers back off the case uh, just a bit as he felt the attention they were giving it was feeding the killer's ego and driving the public to uh, make too, way too many false tips. Yeah, I can see that. This infuriated Gerber, who was the new coroner, uh, because the media agreed and backed off and uh, Gerber was no longer being regularly featured in papers, um... stating his opinions and... Uh, this would start a long <laughs> feud between the coroner's office and Elliot Ness. <clears throat> On June 6, 1937, a teenager named Russell Lauer found the partial skeleton of a woman lying in a rotting burlap bag with a newspaper from June 1936 in the bag as well. So one year, there was a newspaper, and then a year later, the body's found. Huh. So uh, evidence led Gerber to conclude that the victim was an African-American woman uh, and through an investigation, Marilow believed the woman to be a prostitute named Rose Wallace. Gerber and Hogan, both just out of um, being dicks, I think, just rejected the identification. Yeah. It was like, he's got to be wrong. Everybody was kind of against each other right yeah. now for some reason. Um, a month later, on July 6th, the upper portion of a man's torso, plus his thighs, floated to shore on the Cuyahoga River in Kingsbury Run. For the next week, pieces of the victim would be found floating downstream. The man's head was never found. Uh, the man was never identified, but was estimated to be in his 40s, about 5 foot 8, 150 pounds, and decapitation had been the cause of death, but the cut showed some signs of sloppiness for the first time. Dr. Gerber had suggested that the killer could be a medic, so the police began to focus on all the area physicians, medical students, and male nurses. Uh, this new focus led police to a potential suspect in Dr. Frank E. Sweeney. He was very tall, large, and strong. He Check. had grown up in Kingsbury Run. Check. And at various times had had uh, medical offices there that he yeah. ran out of. He had a serious alcohol problem, which had led his wife and sons leaving him and had also led to uh, costing him his surgical residency at a hospital very close to Kingsbury Run. But he didn't smoke weed, did he? I mean, we don't know yet. Oh, man, alcohol. What's that? If he smokes weed, he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, he was also rumored to be bisexual and had a violent temper when he drank. The police eventually dismissed him as a suspect because he had been out of uh, town in Sandusky when a fresh victim was f discovered. An interesting note, however, is that Sweeney's cousin was U.S. Congressman Martin L. Sweeney, <clears throat> who was a very pow powerful politician and had lashed out at Elliot Ness in the past because he felt like uh, Mayor Burton and Ness needed to leave the cops taking bribes from bootleggers alone. 
There's, I was going to ask if those two were related when you said that. I was like, I wonder if he's yeah. related to the senator. So <laughs> just let us keep get, making money and shit. Like, hey, hey, you know, we can take some bribes. It's not illegal. <laughs> One of us. It, it is. It is illegal. <laughs> it is. Oh, well, I mean. Well, I mean. But we're getting money. <laughs> but what does illegal really mean in <laughs> politics? We're not smoking weed or anything. <laughs> it was the perfect bribe. Uh, in mid-March of 1938. <laughs> A dog in Sandusky, Ohio, found the severed leg of a man. Good boy. Good boy. Who's a good boy? Oh, did you get a leg? <laughs> Who's got a leg? Lieutenant <laughs> Lieutenant Cowles of the Cleveland Police Department was notified of the discovery and went to Sandusky. He remembered that the best sus- the best suspect they had so far had only been dismissed because he frequently took trips to a veterans hospital in Sandusky. Cows began asking questions around the veteran's home and discovered that Dr. Sweeney had voluntarily admitted himself several times for his alcoholism. Cows wanted to know how closely patients were watched. He was told that a surgeon who voluntarily sought help wouldn't be watched at all. And anyways, at times there were so many visitors it would be impossible to keep track of everyone. Cows concluded that Sweeney easily could have left the hospital, traveled to Cleveland by car or train, killed someone and then returned to the hospital without his absence being noticed. Well, especially if he's traveling by train, that might be where he's getting some of these... Stop me going right by the camps and everything. Yeah, that's just, you know, while you're out traveling, just go ahead and grab a just hobo and As you're slice passing up. by on the train, just yeah. swipe. Uh, do you ever, like, drive in a vehicle and just imagine doing that? Like, you have, like, a really long, like... I don't know, I'm a weird person. But, like, ever since I was a little kid, like, I just always imagined, like, you like a 10-foot steel bar, like, out... You know, going out from the cars, like everything you drive by are just like telephone poles, cars, you just no, crashing I, I everything. Thought you about, like trying to like put my hand out the window, and, like high five so many people. Then I'm like, is that gonna like rip our arms yeah. off? Yeah. Either way, you got a story. Either way, man. Either way, I'm I'm here for that story. Yeah, I, I mean, either. plus the other person had to like like go ahead and choose to engage with you. Yeah. And then they have a story too. And that, you that's, share man, something that's forever. A big moment right there. I think it'd rip your arms off depending on how fast you're going. Definitely oh, yeah. dislocate a shoulder. Oh, yeah. Um, it'd be worth it, though. Totally worth it. <laughs> uh, while investigating, Cal's came into contact with a man named Alec uh, Archaki, Archaki, a convicted burglar serving out the rest of a sentence on a prison labor farm. Archaki had kept Sweeney supplied with liquor in Sandusky. In return, Sweeney provided prescriptions for barbiturates and other drugs. Uh, Archaki was convinced that Sweeney was the mad butcher. When he had first met Sweeney a few years earlier at a downtown bar, the doctor had bought him drinks and asked him a number of personal questions. Uh, where was he from? Did he have any family in the city? Was How he strong married? Is your, how strong is your neck? Like, do you think your neck would be easy to cut through? <laughs> how much blood's in your body How right do you now? feel about having your penis detached? Give or take. <laughs> would you rather them find you in the Cuyahoga River? <laughs> Do you want your head found? <laughs> yeah. uh, or Jackie described it as like he was being interviewed. Yeah. Uh, or Jackie had also noticed a pattern between Sweeney's absences and Sandusky and bodies showing up in Cleveland. The leg the dog found turned out to be the result of a, of a legitimate surgery. Oh. Uh, but Cows was still convinced he was onto something. So someone just amputated the leg and like so, threw it out, and the dog found it. Yeah, when you say like, so when I say, but I mean, I got this from uh, uh, it's like called the Crime Library, I think. Uh-huh. When they say that, it can't be a legitimate surgery because <laughs> the dog 
a, a dog found the leg. Maybe later. it's a hospital dog, Josh. I don't know. Like, well, then I think I think that should have solved it pretty quick. Then I, I guess he was a good boy. They were like, "All right, you get you sat there this whole time. You get the leg." Yeah, I mean, I guess like a legitimate like back alley surgery. Sure, a legitimate back alley surgery. It's one of the good ones. Yeah, it was a former doctor. He knows what he's doing. It's like a John Wick style doctor. Yeah. He had to like shoot him before after he, he left. Just smokes a little too much pot sometimes. Yeah, uh, the Sweeney, devil. Sweeney had been born in 1894 into a poor Irish family who lived at the edge of Kingsbury Run. Uh, his father had been badly injured in an accident, and his mother died of a stroke when he was nine. He was highly intelligent with a strong work ethic and was determined to make a success of himself. In 1928, he graduated from medical school in St. Louis. And became a surgical resident at St. Alexis's Hospital in the Kingsbury Run area. Overworked and predisposed to alcoholism, psychosis, and liquor. I know that lifestyle. Liquor. Liquor. You know that lifestyle. <laughs> Overworked and over alcohol. Uh, psychosis and liquor began taking an obvious toll on his health. My favorite uh, tag team. I don't know. Psychosis and liquor. <laughs> Liger. <Sorry>. Liger. <laughs> uh, the height of his life falling apart coincided with when the probable first victim, the Lady of the Lake, had been killed. Sometimes you just gotta let off a little bit of steam. Throw her in a lake. Yep. Uh, On April 8th, or him, whoever you kill, you know, you don't have to be gender specific. Uh, On April 8th, 1938, a woman's leg was fished out of the Cuyahoga. Uh, Coroner Gerber determined the time of death to be just a few days before the discovery. A month later, two burlap sacks containing a woman's nude bisected torso, thighs, and one foot were pulled out of the Cuyahoga. Her head and arms were never found. Uh, the woman was estimated to be between 25 and 30 years old, approximately 5 foot 3, and about 120 pounds. Cause of death? Decapitation. Decapitation. Yeah, all of, the, uh, all of the women that were found, I think there was three female victims, three or four, all of them were basically five foot three, hundred twenty pounds, which yes, is odd. I, yeah, like so he definitely had a type. Yeah, when it was women, uh, the men were all kind of like just different. Yeah. So, uh, Cal's and Ness believed Doctor Sweeney to be the killer and decided to discreetly have him followed by a rookie cop named Thomas Wallen. <laughs> Whalen, I think it's Whalen. Uh, one day, Sweeney was shopping in the department store while Whalen watched from a distance. Waylon followed him at a distance through the store until Sweeney abruptly made a right turn near the elevators, disappearing from the officer's sight. Uh, as the young cop turned the corner to try and relocate him, Sweeney was standing there waiting for him. Waylon started, started to walk away, but Sweeney smiled, introduced himself, and asked Waylon his name, followed by, if we're going to be together so often, we might as well be acquaint- acquainted. <laughs> Uh, okay, so he knows, yeah, he's not falling for this shit. He's actually a pretty smart dude. Yeah. And he's also, like, every movie... He smelled movie, a tail. Every movie I've ever saw, he's definitely the killer. Yeah. Um, as the public uproar surrounding the last body found began to cool down, a dismembered corpse was found at a dump at the end of East 9th Street. While digging through the dump for bits of scrap metal, a couple men came across the body wrapped in rags, brown paper, and cardboard. Uh, this time, the head and the hands were found with the rest of the body. But it was still like... And this all... one wasn't really out and like open either. It looked right. like this is one that's been tried to... Actually kind of tried to hide it. Yeah. Uh, while searching the area... Sergeant... Which could be... 
I could see a killer doing that just so they could go back and visit the body too. Because when they find a body, you can't yeah, you know, visit that and they get that like high from visiting that spot. I mean, and, you know, if you're going to be out there butchering people yeah. or whatever, you might have some weird shit. Sometimes you, you just got to go jerk off next to the body that <laughs> you killed. Right. All right? It's the only way to sleep sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. Uh, when searching, I don't do it. I can just but, say I mean, I've some heard killers, yeah. Some people I know that kill I've people. I've read books. Or that. <laughs> I've written books. Nope. What? Write them. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I think you said... <clears throat> my voice you said is... said written? Yeah. My voice is breaking up. Also, red sounds like... I got <laughs> yeah. it. While searching the area... Sergeant Hogan picked up a large tin can and found a skull looking back at him from inside. That's uh, pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the skeletal remains of a man were found scattered all around. The woman was estimated to be between 30 and 40 years old, 5'4 and 120 pounds. Yep. The man, aged 30 to 40, 5'6 to 5'8, and approximately 135 to 150 pounds. Uh, the two victims have long been considered... Uh, victims 11 and 12, but Ness and Cows both had the doubts about these two being the Mad Butcher's handiwork. There were too many deviations for what, from what had been uh, his previous modus operandi. Uh, oh my god, are we back in Nam? Yes, the choppers were back. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait, I don't hear uh, ACCR, <laughs> so I don't think we are. Uh, regardless of what Ness and Cows thought, the people of Cleveland believed these two to be the latest victims of the crazed killer and public and political pressure begin to erupt. Ness desperate to find a solution chose a horrifically stupid way to bring an end to the madness <laughs> on the night of August 18th, 1938 Ness led a huge raid on Kingsbury runs shanty towns with sirens screaming. Ness and his men rustled up, chased down and captured terrified hobos. Uh, many were taken downtown <clears throat> to be fingerprinted and sent off to oh, labor Oh, God, I prisons. thought you were going to say to be fingered. To be fingered. <laughs> Finger them, little boys. <laughs> Get some answers out of them, see? Finger them till they're talking. Uh, they were sent off to what is described as workhouses. Concentration. That's just prison. Yeah. Like, that's just a labor prison. Um, the police torched the shantytown, ensuring that the men could not return home. <laughs> They're just trying to Look, we tried to tell you, get a house, quit being poor and homeless. <laughs> so now we're going to This make is your fault. You. Yeah. yeah, this was not well received by the public or the press. Uh, now at his most desperate, Ness brought Dr. Sweeney into a suite at the Cleveland Hotel for Sweeney a secret. Suite. The, the Sweeney suite uh, for a, sequ- a secret <laughs> interrogation. Cows made it clear to Sweeney that if he didn't cooperate, he would be held or he'd be hauled down to the station with all the reporters in tow. Wanting to save his family the embarrassment, Sweeney agreed to keep things discreet. Uh, police allowed Sweeney to dry out for three days and then began questioning him. Sweeney remained calm and confident, introducing himself and introducing himself to everyone in a cordial manner. Uh, during questioning... Well, he's obviously innocent. Right, he was polite. Yeah. So that's all you gotta do. <laughs> Uh, during questioning, Sweeney cracked jokes and gave vague answers. Finally, they administered a polygraph test. When the test was over, the doctor giving the test told Ness that Sweeney was the killer, stating that he was a, quote, classic psychopath with the likelihood of some schizophrenia, a violent schizoid personality aggravated by chronic alcoholism. 
Ness had difficulty believing the smooth-talking, confident, intelligent surgeon could also be a homicidal maniac. He told the doctor that he was going to go in and talk to Sweeney one-on-one for a while and wanted him retested afterwards. Then he told uh, everyone else to make to take a break for the day. Ness entered the room alone with Sweeney and sat across from him. Well, Sweeney asked with a huge grin on his face, are you satisfied now? Yes, said Ness. I think you're the killer. Ness suddenly started to realize just how large Sweeney was. <laughs> Sweeney Once he was alone in a room with him. Sweeney sneered back at Ness. You think? Sweeney moved towards... Uh, or Sweeney had been looking out the window, and then he swung around and asked him, You think? He moved towards Ness, putting his face inches from Ness's. Then prove it. Oh, gauntlet's been dropped. Uh, Ness began calling for his colleagues, but got no response. <laughs> Uh, Sweeney stated, looks like they all went to lunch with a big smile on his face. Ness ran to the phone and tracked his colleagues down in a nearby coffee shop and had them come back immediately. <laughs> uh, that afternoon, Sweeney was retested, or later, uh, Ness would apparently tell his wife that being alone in the room, that all the shit he's went through in his life yeah. as a detective, being alone in the room with Sweeney was the most terrifying moment oh my God. of his entire existence. So, uh... Uh, where was a uh, that afternoon? Sweeney's re- retest was retested on the polygraph machine several times, always with the same result. Left with the conclusion that Sweeney was the killer, but with only circumstantial evidence. What happened next is still a mystery to this day. Oh, Sweeney admit him, admitted himself into the Sandusky Veterans Hospital two days after the interrogation, from August twenty fifth, nineteen thirty eight, until his death in nineteen sixty five. He went from one hospital to another, uh, both state mental hospitals and veterans hospitals all over the country. He wasn't a prisoner and could come and go as he liked, but at least in the Sandusky Hospital, uh, there was a note attached to his record insisting that if he left the hospital grounds, the police would be were to be notified immediately. Uh. No one knows exactly why he voluntarily stayed institutionalized for the remainder of his life. Uh, maybe a deal of some sort was made. Maybe he was the killer and knew that the police would now make it too difficult to continue yeah. his work. Uh, maybe he was innocent and just enjoyed fucking with the police. The Kingsbury Run murders officially came to an end in 1938. Although there were some similarities in other murders all throughout Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York, as well as the Black Dahlia murder in California. Okay. It was very similar. Uh, Detective Marilou... Detective Marilou continued hunting for the killer the rest of his career. And gays. And gays. <laughs> uh, he married a man in his 80s. <laughs> Who turned out to be the killer. Who turned out to be the killer. Oh, my God. Uh, bah, bah, bah. I already did that. The Cleveland Torso murders uh, were eerily similar to the Thames Torso murders that took place in London from 87, 1887 to 1889 and have been uh, linked to Jack the Ripper. So eighty nine, like eighteen eighty nine to nineteen thirty two. I mean, I probably couldn't be the same person. Probably couldn't, but I mean, it'd be ten, it'd be forty two. Yeah, but you'd have to think eighteen seventeen is when they started. Eighteen eighty seven is when they started. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. at a young so, killer, you're, I mean, I'm sure so probably not Jack the Ripper. Yeah, but it's just interesting that it's the, it was pretty much the same 
MOs, the Thames, Torso Murders. But some, I mean, I, they're just that's how some people like to kill, you know. Yeah, man, more than one person in the world's yeah. gonna be like, I can cut this body. Yeah, up. you don't have a copyright on it, uh, Mr. Sweeney. Because if you did, you'd be confessing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's an award-winning comic book series called Torso, written by Mike uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Andreco, uh, based on the killings. And there is a 2018 movie titled The Kingsbury Run. What year did that movie come out? 2018. Okay. I'm right on the uh, IMDb, and it's apparently uh, in present day, and there's murders happening again in Cleveland that are very much like the ones that happened in the 30s. Hmm. So I don't know if it's any good or not. It looked very uh, homemade. Yeah, low budget. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, so that is the torso, Cleveland uh. torso murders. Still to this day, no one really knows who did it. Uh, no one really knows if there were 12 victims, 13 victims, nine, uh, 10 victims. Like, there's a lot of questions. Only only God knows. Only God knows. Yep. He ain't Quotes, talking. unquote, Kid Rock. <laughs> I think that was his song. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, that's where Elliot Ness got his start. Where he first made his bones, burnt down a shanty town in yeah. Cleveland. Good dude. Yeah. Good dude. <laughs> Most likely uh, the doctor. I would say so. Yeah. Makes sense. Big guy. I I mean, at the same time, I mean, unless you're just. I mean, they said he had, like, uh, they thought he had, like, psychosis and shit. Yeah. But unless you're, like, to fucking cut up a goddamn body. To go to that much work. Yeah, drain the blood. There's a lot of work being done into this. How could there have not been more evidence somewhere? I like, wish I was trying to find found. Yeah, yeah. Well, back in the 30s, you know, again, like we've said. Yeah, but like, you know, like in the story, didn't talk like, did they search his house? Did they search? Oh, yeah, it really doesn't go into. Yeah. I mean, he really didn't have but a home. But yeah, obviously. He really have a home, though. If they, because yeah, yeah, he was he in was the hospitals, hospitals, yeah. And, shit. and it was, if they would have found something, I'm sure it would have made the story, you know, or. Yeah, he probably had. I mean, if it was him, like they said, he used to have offices and. Yeah. Like little offices pop up, so he probably just had a random place. Maybe that killed, he'd take that's people. how he killed people. They'd come see him or whatever yeah. for that, or like he'd probably, you know maybe go through the uh, like the hobo towns yeah. and let people know like, hey, if there's anything going on, you can come see me. I'm yep. a good doctor. I definitely won't you. cut your head off. Definitely, you definitely leave their. That's head. like the fourth time he's mentioned that he's not going <laughs> to cut my head off. I feel safe now. It's rare that he introduces himself as uh, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm I'm the doctor that doesn't cut your head off. <laughs> That's definitely not me. Uh, so okay, man. So uh, next week you're gonna yeah you're gonna have the murder story, right? Yep, I'm gonna, I have a murder story. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I don't have to do any research this week. I I'll come up with some. I was gonna say you have to come up with would you next rather week. though. Should so you got that? a few. I have three. I, I settled on three as a good. All right, man. Form. Let's get into them. All right. Would you rather have to blend everything you eat in a blender, or drink everything through a straw? Fuck the turtles. Uh, so beer through a straw, milk, liquor. You take shots of liquor. You gotta just drink through a little shot straw. I've drank, drank beer through a straw. Just being stupid before. Yeah, that. it's just it's weird. It's, I don't know why it's so weird, but it is. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, blending up everything. You everything. Eat. Yep. Want a hamburger? You got to throw it in a blender and then just drink oh. that. But you don't have to use a straw. I'll use a straw. <laughs> Yeah, definitely use a straw for the rest of. Or That's for probably whatever. what I would do. Yeah, God, it's disgusting. You could, like carry it on your ear and look really cool. Yeah, look like. Oh man, why is Josh always using a straw? I mean, you don't have to kill the turtles. You can get one of the. Uh, I'm killing the turtles. metal. Whatever the fuck they. <laughs> I'm whatever the fuck Freebird uses. 
I when I'm done with the straw, I go and find a turtle and jab it down his throat. And that's how we, I throw it. Away. What did we decide about turtles? I don't know. Fuck the turtles. That we are. Oh yeah, just reverse turtles. Yeah, you blew my mind. Our on shells that one. on the inside. You're talking about text messaging. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll see you like our shit. My new goal is to, uh, if I know that you're high. <laughs> Which, try to like say some weird <laughs> shit. So I figure at any point, I'll yeah. as long as it's not during the day when you're, you're working. Yeah, I figure I can just say some weird shit, see what yeah. happens. Like I, I think it's on knocked up. Where it's like you just smoked all day, all day, like every day after work and all day on the weekends. Well, do you ever listen like, so to? Uh, so I know you listen to like your mom's house yeah. podcast. Uh, do you ever listen to the podcast King and the Sting? Uh-uh. It's Theo Vaughn and Brendan Schaub. All right, and then uh, one of the producers is named uh, Derek, and. Like somehow they like Theo Vaughn was like they start the podcast. Theo Vaughn asks Derek if he's high. Yeah, and he's like, "Your eyes are bloodshot as shit." Whatever. And Derek's like, "I've been high every time I've ever talked to you." <laughs> and Theo's like, "What?" He's like, "He's like, if you see me, yeah, I'm high. I'm never he's not like, high. I am always high. That's a that's my high identity. <laughs> Your high identity. All right, what's the second one?" <laughs> Would you rather never be able to use the remote control again or never be able to use a microwave again? So this is a more convenience one. Oh, my microwave. Really? All right. I rarely use a microwave. All right. I'm an oven man myself. Yeah. All right. I'll microwave all types of shit. <laughs> you shouldn't be microwaving shit. I'm sorry. All right. Last one. Would you rather have to skip everywhere instead of walking or wear your shoes on the wrong feet? Fuck the turtles. <laughs> like, the, like the Ninja Turtles? <laughs> I just um, fuck turtles, man. No. Uh, Skip everywhere instead of walking or wear your shoes, shoes on, on the wrong feet. feet. That's going to hurt after a while. That's going to fuck my feet up bad. Yeah. And skipping ever is going to fuck my knees up bad. Yep. I bet you're a good skipper, though. I'll, I'll, I'll go skip everywhere. Hell yeah. Because then it's just like... Why is Josh always just using straws people, and skipping everywhere? It's people a thing that they see that day. They're like, why was that giant fat guy <laughs> skipping down the street? So, you know, it'd be fun for everyone. Yeah. I'll go with that one. Good. Plus, yeah, the shoes on the wrong feet. I've done that. Like, not walk around with them, but yeah. like, put them on. You know, instantly. And immediately you're like, oh, oh what? <laughs> My feet are broken. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Next week, Joel's going to tell us a story of murder. Yep. So I'm looking forward to the it. P-hole murders. P-hole murders. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is what our podcast was built for. Yep. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, you can go to anchor.fm. Um, there's a button on there. I'm on the site, so I guess I could go to it and look. Uh, but if you go to our – it's anchor.fm uh, backslash middle aged and mediocre, and there's a little button on the middle there that says it's between listen on Spotify and message. It says support, and you can go in there and you can choose a monthly contribution. Yeah, uh, ninety nine cents a month, four ninety nine a month, or nine ninety nine a month. Unless then, if you do that, and we'll, uh, we'll yeah, man, if you, you we'll do stuff for you. If you subscribe <laughs> to us uh, and give us a monthly contribution. We'll hook you up with something every month. We'll do, I don't know, we'll figure something out. Mouth stuff. Joel will do mouth stuff Foot to you. Stuff. I don't have the time. Uh, <laughs> I have the time. Joel has the time for mouth stuff. <laughs> I mean, I love to help, but... Uh, so, yeah. But, you know, if you don't like, if you don't want to do that, that's cool. Just tell uh, people. Just Listen, tell people yeah. about the podcast. Share yeah. it. Like it. Uh, hold them down. Scream it to them. Hold them down. Force them to listen. <laughs> yeah. 
but make them listen on their device. That way we have another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't be a dick about it. Yeah, don't double <laughs> up yours because we don't get both credits. Um, but yeah, share it, like it. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcast. We're on drugs. We're on drugs. Yep. Stitcher. There's a diff- few different places. So on Facebook, share our Facebook page. Yep. Maybe uh, you can be a top fan. Maybe you can. Can you take Joel? <laughs> Don't wrestle it from my match? dead cold hands. Joel Mom. Joel's have much life. <laughs> yeah. This. All right. Top uh, fan for life. You got anything else? I'm out. All right, Joel's out. I got blunt to smoke. Joel's got a blunt smoke. And then we can talk more fucking turtle shit. And we're going to talk about the demise of turtles. <laughs> yep. Because fuck the turtles. Fuck the turtles.